Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 94 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week I am joined by an absolutely fantastic Scottish actor. Please welcome to the podcast, Gary Hollywood. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Welcome to the podcast. How are we? Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me, Ingram. Thank you I'm very much. So excited. I'm oh, don't be so silly. I- I'm honored that you're coming on and spending the time with me. There's there's very few people that would that would give up their Tuesday afternoon. Oh, listen, anything. Not that I'm saying I wasn't looking forward to joining you, but <laughs> Yeah, a little half hour away from our Ollie. <laughs> yeah, because it's summer holidays, so I imagine that you're still well, in the deep end. Well, yeah, and he's two at the moment, so all oh, my so it's deep end all the time. Deep end from the minute we get up at six to the minute <laughs> night. So, uh, yes, so I'm doing daddy daycare at the moment, which is uh, yeah, which is uh, tiring. Yeah, I can imagine. It's the reason I don't want kids. <laughs> I, I I can barely look after myself, so let's. Let's not give me a, a human oh, life. Right. Okay, so no babysitting juices no, for you. No, oh no, I give on the regular. I give myself food poisoning, <laughs> which is like I shouldn't really be admitting it. The the grand age of twenty four, but yeah, still can't cook. Love it, love it. <laughs> but how how are we sort of doing? Because I know that we're sort of it's that really weird stage of everything feels like we're going back to normal, but then you get a text from your mate that says they've got COVID and you yeah. might have it and go and get yourself checked out and it's it's become a lot harder now to get tested and stuff like that so how's life well it's it's, it's bizarre as you say i was supposed to meet a friend who traveled up uh at the weekend from newcastle and she was around in my Glasgow. hometown ah yeah. and uh i was supposed to meet up anyway we, we overran times all got mixed up and uh, we couldn't make it and thankfully so because she texted me the next day on monday and said that she's got covid it's mad, isn't it? So, like, as you say, just when you think you're coming out of it, there's something else to pull you back in. But I just say, I, you know, preserve yourself in gin. Yeah. Well, I don't drink, but yes, I've had Hollywood gin is great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That wasn't a plug, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, no, as you say, it's, it's, it's strange. We think we're out yeah. the woods and then something always pulls us back. Yeah, because you sort of feel like, especially going through the end of drama school where everything was sort of back to normal and we had full capacity audiences, but then it's sort of like we're sitting having conversations, thank touch wood, and well, I mean, not touch wood because it's over, but we're like, what do we actually do if one of us gets COVID because none of us have got understudies? Yeah, I know. It's like, do we do the, and obviously this wasn't between the uni because they would have had to say no, but it's like us in a group chat on Facebook being like, so if we get it, do we just not tell anyone and still come in and do the show because the show must go on. Like, what else do we do? And I know that that was also a big fear of mine because I just directed and produced my own show in April. And I'm sort of here. And we lost our leading lady to COVID two weeks before the show and had to replace her. Oh, no. Right, right, right. And it got to the point of show week. And I was a bit like, we're self-funded. Like, Creative Scotland haven't backed this. This is all money out of my own pocket. And I'm like, if I have to cancel this show, I've just lost so much money. So what what do we do? 
Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. It really is. And as you say, especially when you're self-funding uh, shows and uh, and everything's on it. And as you see, you could have lost the whole lot. Yeah. I'm like seeing my cast me- members, because I wasn't in it, out on Instagram stories and I'm texting them, go home. Yeah. What are you doing? You should not be socializing. I turned into like a little mini dictator towards the end, but everything worked out. And I, I don't know. I always just feel so sad, especially when you hear of people that sort of were getting their big breaks or their West End debut and then they got COVID and got replaced. And I, I, I don't know. It's because one of my favorite things about this podcast is towards the end, I'll ask you what you're going to be doing next. And when I first started this right in the height of lockdown, that was the most pointless question I've ever asked anyone. They're like, I, I shall be sitting on my couch staring at the same four walls for as long as we Another game of Monopoly. Yeah, but then as sort of we made our way through the timeline, people are starting, yeah, I've got auditions and it's been so lovely to see it sort of get back to the status quo. And then there's obviously sometimes you get those little snippets of news where it's like, fuck. I, I know, I know. It's just, it's so, so bizarre, and especially because we've got the wee one as well. So we're, we're really cautious about where we're going and what we're doing. But again, we're having to get back to some mm. of them. We're having to go back to soft play areas and, and, and crowds around us. And uh, and fingers crossed and, and, and hope for the best that, you know, that you, you miss out on it. Yeah, like... And I do feel sorry for a lot of people, but I feel that your little one may, may be one of the lucky ones that doesn't quite have... I mean, they will have still missed out on so much throughout well, because of the pandemic. You know, we, Dolly, we we lived in Lanzarote for eight years and we came back to Scotland to have Ollie mm. because they were going to be around us, etc. And, of course, we just... COVID just hit as we were leaving the hospital. And then we got locked down and stuck in, in Glasgow for six months, which was great. We got to spend time with uh, with my family. Yeah. But um, we, we, you know, it definitely was a COVID baby where he was very attached to, to me and his mum. Yeah. Uh, so it is. It's mad. With everything moving forward, we're slowly trying to detach him and, and, mm. and, and socialise him. Uh, so it was, it was just all bizarre. Yeah, no, and it, it it comes on such... I feel like we're going to see the repercussions of COVID for a long, long time. And I, I, I do also feel sorry. I was, I was very lucky when it came to COVID. I got through... So I don't know how familiar you are with, like, drama education in Scotland. So I got through my NQ to my HND yeah. and then went on to uni and then dropped out and then COVID hit. Jeez. So I was really lucky in the case of, I got all my shows in those yeah. first three years. I got my grad ball. I got my graduation. Like I, I was so lucky, but the year below me, they got everything. Oh. Their final, their final stuff was all canceled. And then the years below them, there are some actors who have gone through NQ to HND that have never been on a yeah. stage. Never. And I feel so sorry for them. And I was very lucky and that, timing sort of worked out for me and when I decided to go back things were open again we got our showcase we got our final shows but I just feels because I I know how much I learned even though that first show that I did DNA all the way back in whenever it was 20 I was 19 so 2017 was a shit show I didn't do the best acting performance but I learned so much during that like little time and I don't I feel sorry for the people that have missed out on that first exposure to 
working in the theatre when there's not that much of an expectation of what you've got to do. Yeah, of course, and, and getting the taste for it and, and the understanding and putting all the education onto it and, and, and getting yeah. on and starting to learn because that's when you're going to start learning mm. i i've got a few friends that teach drama and i remember at the height of the pandemic and it was when they were just sort of allowed to go back in and they were like yeah we're doing shakespeare but everybody has to be two meters apart and i'm like how does that work like i don't know the, the practicalities of being a drama student throughout a pandemic i can't imagine were, were the greatest <laughs> but i, I want to talk a bit about you now we would i don't like to dwell too much on covid and stuff because it is is a bit depressing and we don't we don't want to do that but you came right out of the gate because I'm, I'm i'm adapting my first question for you 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 were 12 and your right. drama teachers suggested that you should go and audition for taggart and you booked the role and normally what yeah. i asked is people's first role and how you got into acting but what was it like being a 12 year old on national television you, you know yourself like uh, at that age you didn't really give much thought you yeah. know you had no fear and you didn't question anything you didn't analyze anything as, as, as i would now so yeah very <laughs> i grew up in pollock and went to bell in my secondary and the teachers arrived that day and said uh we'd, we'd like to send you to an audition i was just doing drama at school i never thought about acting uh, in fact i, I I always wanted to be a traffic cop. That was that was always something. Oh, you don't want to be one of them, do you? Well, just drive cars fastly. That was oh, it. Oh, right. I, I thought you meant like a parking ticket guy. Oh, right. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And, uh, so, yeah, off I went for the audition for Taggart, along with, you know, some other hundred-odd kids through, through Glasgow, and uh, lucky enough, got it. And... Uh, and that, that was the beginning uh, of the end, so to speak. And uh, I got the, the bug mm. and, uh, and started at 12. In fact, this year I celebrated 30 years uh, in, in the business. So that was that's, that's just surreal uh, that I've managed to get away with it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, the usual, um, we, we, we did the, 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 the gig and then got an agent and uh, did little parts, Dr. Finlay, and, and then some movies came away in Panto and uh, the soap opera, uh, Take the High Road, and uh, gradually uh, moved along and, and then landed uh, the show Mrs. Brown's Boys, which mm. been in uh, until recently for 20 years. So we've, we've, we've had a, a, a good, a, a good uh, run at it, luck and... Uh, and enjoyed myself along the way. Well, I, I mean, you've, you're still quite in your run. I imagine that there are lots more <laughs> things to come. And I, I'm I'm sort of, because I'm very new to this industry, I'm deciding very early on in my career that I'm never going to be lucky. Because I think that when you say right. you're lucky, you dismiss the hard work that you do. And I think a lot of actors do that and they say, yeah, I got the job because I was lucky. No, you got the job because you were the best yeah. person for it and you obviously did the work and you put the preparation in. So I've yeah, sort of, so no. however conceited that may sound, have decided that I will never be lucky. Yeah, I, I think that, I think for me, luck uh, played some part in the sense that I was leaving Take the High Road at the time and was doing a panto at the Pavilion in Glasgow. And Brendan O'Carroll, who's the creator of Mrs. Brown's Boys, was doing that panto. Now, Brendan was relatively known mm. uh, in at that point and he was on stage with me um along with some other soap stars of the the show the, the show and uh, and some of his team mm. uh, and 
basically a conversation of what you're doing next. And I said, oh, I'm heading to London. Uh, there was a show called The Bill and I was heading up for that. And he said, well, I've written this show and there's a part there for it uh, for you if you fancy it. And I thought, mm, okay, six months in a secure job uh, or do I go out on tour for a year? And so I just made the gamble there and then and 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 went with him mm. in tour a year. And so it happens 20 years later. Mm. Mrs. Brown's Boys was how I knew you and was where I imagine a lot of the listeners will know you from. But because it it is, it pops up all the time, especially when I was doing my research and stuff that the, that your exit from the show wasn't, wasn't left on the best terms and stuff. I don't know what it's like now, but I also found that reading comments between what you had said and what Brendan had said, nobody really seems to know why you left. Yeah, well, there was there was all sorts out in the press, and I read recently an article of Brendan, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm just going to move on now. Brendan knows the truth. I know the truth. I can sleep at night. And uh, and as I, I, I was asked a question by a journalist recently, and I simply just an, uh, answered with, I'm going to remember the good times, and I'm not going to dwell on the bad. Yeah, uh, that's the perfect place to be. Uh, I'm just being a nosy bastard. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, life's too short, and as I say, uh, you won't be the, the first, and you won't be the last person <laughs> that's going to that's going to ask this question. But I thought, nor am I going to spend years doing interviews, uh, going back and talking about the past. Mm. You know, it's happened, um, and part of it's sad uh, of how how it all came around, and um, Brendan's got his outlook on it. I have mine. And I know the truth, and so does he. And uh, and I wish everybody the best on the show. Uh, we all grew up together. I've got very, very fond memories of it all. And um, and so there we are. And uh, it's onwards and upwards mm. and and looking for the next door to, to open and, and for the job that takes my fancy to go for. Yeah. I've got two more Mrs. Brown's Boys questions, and we're going right. al- along the, the vein of remembering the fond memories and... One of the questions is one of my favorite questions to ask people that have been on major TV shows and stuff. And I I feel like it really breaks down into people's real true characters. Do you nick anything from the set? <laughs> no, I never had time. But let me tell you this, I have enough memorabilia through T-shirts yeah. and spoons and hats and so yeah uh i'm, I'm going to be donating them uh, along the way to some charities and hopefully they could raise some funds well my, my last question about mrs brown's boys really along the vein of remembering the the fun times and the good times what do you have a favorite just memory from your mrs brown's boys experience oh i've got so many uh I, you know i think like getting to go to australia we went to australia three times uh <laughs> And one of the fond memories was, you know, going business class, you know, a wee <laughs> class with Pollock. Never had travelled like that before. So uh, that was bizarre and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And getting to see Australia and New Zealand, things that I never ever thought of of, of going to, you know, the countries never going to. Uh, so, yeah, there's so many from, from doing that to, you know, picking up our, our Scottish BAFTA in my homeland, you know. So, yeah, the, I'm going to BAFTA and the National Television Awards and 
you know, all these wee things that as an actor growing up watching on the TV, thinking, oh, hopefully one day I'll get there. Yeah. And so, no, I've got a lot of good times. Mm. I want to talk to you. You briefly mentioned it a minute ago when we were talking, when you were running through your career. Um, but it's something that I've became really aware of in the past year and didn't really ever know about Take the High Road before this past yeah. year. And it's really all down to my exposure at New College Lanarkshire because obviously Amanda Beveridge was was my lecturer. Yeah. And then Sarah Goodgen was my classmate who was Amanda's on-screen girlfriend. And then obviously I, f- I found a really good friend in Marnie Thompson who's been on the podcast oh. and done a, a, whole, a whole episode. And I, I recently... It was something that we were all aware of that her mum was an actress and had passed away and but it was never something that you just sort of wanted to sit down in a class and go, so tell me more about your mum. But yeah, of course. I was I was lucky enough that Marnie came on to do the podcast and she was really open about um yeah. her time and stuff and what she'd been through. And I've got to learn even more because I'm doing something at the moment that I'm not allowed to talk about and Marnie has contributed a whole thing about her mum to it so it's been it's been so lovely to learn more about Marnie and and her mum but what was what was your relationship like with Marnie's mum Leslie uh well Leslie I'd played my on-screen mum and and the soap so I was 14 when I joined the soap Mm. opera and uh and Leslie was just an absolute diamond one of the best uh as a human being but also uh, a shithole actress. She really was. We used to call her the Marilyn Monroe because <laughs> she was so glam and she had her fur coats and, and she was always immaculate uh, and, and so, so talented. And as an actress, was so, so kind to me uh, as a young boy. And of course, as the journey went over the years, we became really good mates and she is mm. actually my godmother. And then, of course, as we talk about Marnie, Marnie was born... And uh, so I, I watched Manny grow up and uh, was very close with the family. And Leslie was just, she just was the best and was so desperate to become a mum. And we knew that she was going to be the best mum ever because that was her nature. She had so much love to give. And uh, with Manny, oh my God, she just idolised Manny. Arnie mm. uh, Sue Thompson. And uh, so it was great to to watch Leslie come into that role and to watch Manny grow up and, and the love uh, that, that she gave. She was just, she was a special, special person. She really was, and a genuine person. There's a lot in her business that can be a bit fake or a bit too much, but she she just, she, she wasn't that at all. She was so true in everything that she did, and, uh, and she was missed greatly. Yeah, it's... It's it's weird because, like I said, I've got to learn a lot more about Leslie over the year, and because we've had different exposures to it. And our lecturers knew. I remember during showcase, I was I was really lucky enough that Marnie was one of my showcase scene partners, yeah. and I remember sitting there and we were sort of just chatting. And one of our lecturers, Sharon, came in and was like, "I found these pictures." Like I was randomly just going through some oh. pictures, and I found these, and I feel like. I was supposed to find them and I was supposed to give them to you. And it was just hearing other people talk about Marnie's mum, I've realised that they're really one in the same person. Oh, yes. Like everything that you just said about Leslie is applicable to Marnie. Marnie. One of my favourite people ever. And I think Marnie, I mean, looking at Marnie now, it's, it's Leslie's double. 
Yeah. You know, really, really is. But and, and also the mischievousness she's got that and uh, and her baking and her cooking is mm. all from her mum uh, and. Her, and our pumpkin soup, you need to ask her the best pumpkin soup ever. And uh, and the love of Halloween all comes from our mum because Leslie used to always, at Halloween, put on a brilliant party that none of us would remember leaving at the end. <laughs> but we always uh, were, was uh, in love with our pumpkin soup and, uh, and all our baking. But uh, she's one of a kind, and it's a shame, you know, that has gone too early, And uh, which has happened to a lot of my friends. I, I think because when I came into the business, I became friends with, with a, a diverse age of, of people, and uh, I've 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 lost so many along the way, and it's it's sad. It really, really is sad. Mm. But thankfully, pictures and memories, uh, and and videos uh, can 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 stay with us, and and and, and you know, and, and go with us, and have that memory of them. Hello, I just wanted to take a very quick minute out of today's conversation to talk to you about the world of podcasting. As you all know, when the pandemic hit, the entire world jumped on the bandwagon, myself included, and it's become a very oversaturated market. But because of this, it's very hard for independent podcasts like Drama School Dropout to succeed. But there are a number of things that you can do at home that would be a massive help to the podcast, help us grow all that jazz. You can share our stuff on social media at Ingram Noble or at High Podcasts. That's Drama School Dropout, Reality TV on Record, and any other future podcasts from High Productions that may be coming very, very soon. You can also leave us a little rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They are so appreciated. I absolutely love reading them all. So please go down and leave one of those. It takes two seconds, literally. You can tell your friends and family about us. I know my friends and family love a good podcast recommendation. So why not do that and show us how much you really love us? But if you do keep coming back to the podcast every week and you really do love it, you can also become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon by going to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout or you can click the link in the show notes below and by becoming an official drama school dropout you get loads of exclusive benefits that aren't available anywhere else including early access to episodes and a ton more perks that are coming very soon so make sure to check that out i absolutely love making this podcast and i really hope that you enjoy listening to it and i will i'll shut up now and i'll let let's get back to the conversation She definitely is mischievous, Marnie. Um, you oh, yeah. should see the the scene we did for Showcase, and that was all her. She came in with it and was like, "I found this," and I was like, "You are fucked up. <laughs> there is something there that is that oh, is slightly twisted." There's that little streak in them. Yeah, giving Nazis blowjobs and stuff. I was <laughs> like, mm, you, "You are fucked up, Marnie." Um, but talking about High Road and stuff, were you there when the Queen came to visit? No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Uh, sadly enough, but uh, but no, High Road was a great it was a great training curve because you were doing three episodes a week, so you really had to be disciplined. You, I would say that that's where my my training all started with TV, and I was in that I think it was eight years, eight or nine years, and great actors and learned so much from from everybody. Had a great time, you know. People would would always knock the the soap, uh, and be snobby about it, but by God, it really was brilliant, brilliant training that you wouldn't get anywhere. It petrifies me the thought of going into TV work scares me like and obviously i hope it happens and it will happen and 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 embrace it and and love it and and 
you know, it'll all fall into place. It really will. The only thing that makes me really scared is that I just don't think I've had enough, like, I've been to three drama schools and I've done maybe five camera classes. Yeah. Like, it's, well, it's mad. And I'm look, like, now, summer, need to go and book for who's got a good camera class. If anybody yeah. out there has a camera class, please let me know and I will, I'll give you some advertising in exchange yeah. for some classes. You know, look at me. You know, I, I just done drama at high school. Yeah. So I was thrown right into the deep end. But that's where you learn. You, ha- you Once you're out there, then that's it. It's very sink or swim. Yes. You know, and uh, and have the and I'm sure when it does, there'll be good people around you, mm. and everybody's willing to help, and everybody wants to help, and I think that's that's the way it should. I can't be bothered with people that are selfish, or you know, I, I think. I think what we should be doing is helping each other more. Yeah. It's it's such a weird thing because I, I feel like there's there's that, I don't really even know what I'm about to say, but it, yeah, I do feel like I've been really privy to some amazing help and some amazing advice. And I'll mention something randomly on a podcast with someone and they'll be like, yeah, I know who that is. I'll get you in contact and I'll put you in touch, whatever. But then I also feel like there are just people out there that are sort of waiting. They're waiting for you to trip up and they're waiting for you to fall yeah. flat on your face. And I don't know, it's not nice. I, find it, I just find it, I don't understand that mindset of no. why wouldn't want to help and encourage and be there for you. I don't get it. But, you know, there is people out there that are like it and that's fair enough. I just like to keep them as far away as possible. Mm. The maddest thing for me is when people don't celebrate what their friends are getting. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get that. I'm like, I went on an audition not long ago and just happened to know, like, we're not even really friends. We're just we're in passing. I know who they are. And I was like, oh, I'm really rooting for you. And like, I hope you do well, even though we're in like competition in air quotes. And I found out that they got the job and I text them and I was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. And they were like, are you really happy? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. If you're not really happy for somebody's success, especially like if you know them or you're their friend, you're a fucking weirdo. Well, it's just, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It, I think it says more about the person than it does you. You know, it's just yeah. like what I wanted. I wasn't brought up that way. Uh, I, I just don't understand it. I'd genuinely be happy for anybody that's that's getting on in life. Yeah, no, I, I genuinely like it, just makes me like it fascinates me that people like genuinely aren't happy for their mates. And I'm like, you are a weirdo. And these people sometimes can't hide it. They can't hide it in their face. They can't hide in the expression or their text or their language. And I just think, I don't understand that. It's weird. Like I genuinely like it needs to be studied, but I'm not qualified to do it. No. (laughs) One last take the high road question. And I feel like it's sort of mandatory that I have to ask it because I asked Amanda when she came on and, would you go back, like, if they phoned you tomorrow and said, we're, we're coming back? Absolutely. Yes. And if, if High Road is coming back, I would also do it. <laughs> to anybody out there that might have a job. We'll all, we'll all get in. No, I, I would be, I'd go back in a minute. I really would. I loved it. Um, and just, again, to show Scotland as well, because the locations are beautiful down in Loch Lomond, and the whole backdrop was amazing. Uh, the people was amazing, and I'm surprised that they haven't thought about bringing it back. I really, I yeah. really am. I'd love to see High Road come back, and uh, I certainly wouldn't think twice. Well, ITV, bring it back. Uh, STV, sorry, STV, bring it back. I, S- I could write for it. Take all network. <laughs> um, 
I do one of my fun questions that I love to ask everybody that comes on the show is if you were booked to do a West End show and you're booked for one month and it's a two person show and the casting director comes and says to you, listen, we've got enough money that you can pick anyone you want to be your co-star. We'll write the show around you, but they have to be alive. Who are you picking? Oh, I would, I, I will uh, think I'd have to say Sheila Reed, and Sheila Reed for everyone. One of that my favourite actresses was Madge and Benny Dawn. But I'll tell you why Sheila Reed because well, there's there's a few, but she comes straight to my head. But she was in my first ever job, and she played my foster mum in Taggart. And then fast forward, I think it was, oh yeah, maybe five or six years later, I did a movie called The Winter Guest, which was directed by uh, the lovely Alan Rickman, God rest him. And Emma Thompson and, and Phila DeLaw was in that, but Sheila Reed was in that again. And she sort of had a wee word with Mr. Rickman uh, and put him in my, my direction. So I would love to team back up with her. She's so much, she's great fun. And uh, she's well, you know, she's well uh, rehearsed in the, in the West as I'm not, but uh, I would love her on my team. Do you know, I found, and it was the same with Alison Steadman, I found the same thing with Sheila Reed that because we're so used to Madge and Pam from Gavin and Stacey, and then they really like have such different voices and you're like... It's, it's incredible. And of course, the amount of things that Sheila has done in life and her career, from Shakespeare to oh tours all over the world... And she's just always remembered as Madge. A belligerent uh, you know, old woman in a mobility scooter. Of all the things she's done and, and the, the, the the huge career that she's had uh, is Madge that she's remembered for. But uh, she's she's a diamond of a person and uh, and, and Scottish. Yes. Yes, we're always love. loving that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit less loyal to Scottish talent, and I have to carry on my campaign. Catherine Tate, please come on the podcast or please do a two-person show with me in the West End. You'll make me the oh. happiest person in the world. Yeah, well, there you go. Get that out there. Come on. Do it. I've been doing it for 80 weeks and she's still not replied <laughs> to my email. She's busy. I'm going to play a game now and it is one of my favourite things in the world. And I've asked Marnie about these. I've done full-on one-man shows in uni about them and i bloody yeah. love it it's called stage right or stage shite and it right. is three stories two of them have been sent in by listeners and are the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and then one of them is a big fat lie that has been made up by our producer i have the answer in a sealed envelope so i can play oh, along sealed envelope well. because i love it number one my knee once dislocated during a performance assessment in uni, and I was marked down 20% because of that. Number two, during my final year of drama school, I was in a production that had a bar set. Somehow, I managed to trip over on stage and basically headbutted the bar, but also burst my nose. I was so scared and panicked that I just carried on doing the scene with blood gushing down my face. Number three, I was taking a two-hander at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and it was delayed for about 20 minutes and nobody could find the two actors. Turned out they were on the roof of the venue smoking and snogging and had lost track of time. FYI, they both had girlfriends and no one knew they were gay. <laughs> I don't know. I've dislocated my knee on stage and didn't get marked down. Well, I didn't. I don't know if I didn't get marked down for it. Amanda was like, what, what happened, Ingram? And I was like, um, my knee dislocated, Amanda. Um, 
But I've definitely met some lecturers out there that would be rude enough to mark you 20%. Yeah. Or if I ever become famous and do a memoir, there'll be some people that I I won't be able to name in that memoir. That should be worried. No, they won't be worried because I won't give them, I won't talk about them too much because it's not, it wasn't the greatest experience. It's why I dropped out of uni and I've started to believe I was very open about it at the beginning and i'm still open about it but i just don't believe in giving them the time of day anymore and i used to talk about it and i i named them once and got quite a bit of hate because they're quite well respected and i don't think people were kind of ready to and they're they're in scotland and i bumped into them and don't get me wrong when i came out of uni i was in a it was in a terrible place and never thought i'd act again and that was because of them and I don't yeah. know. I got a bit of satisfaction when I walked out of Showcase and they were stood there. <laughs> I said, hello. Yeah, I was like, oh, I've done, I've done a great job. Um, <laughs> but there's one in particular that I haven't set eyes on, and it's particularly just because I avoid Edinburgh, just as a general rule now. And I, I feel like she may lose her teaching license or whatever they get if I actually told the full story. Yeah. As I said, just feel sorry for them. Yeah, no, I don't. It's, it's they obviously have something deep down inside of them that is unhappy because they tore me apart from nothing. Crazy. I always feel that I'm sure I'd love to say to people like that I'm sure your mother and father loved you. You know. Do you know what? I'm sure they didn't. There's no fucking <laughs> arsehole in life, but I'm sure you I'm sure someone loved you. Yeah. I I don't know. It it always baffled me, but it's a it's a story for another day. If I ever get famous and write a memoir, well, We'll find out about it. But yeah, I don't know which one of these is the the lie. I think maybe I would be a bit irked if I burst my nose on stage. I would maybe stop at that point. Yeah, yeah, I think that one. That's the one I'm going to go for, number two. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, number two. All right, well, well, let's see if we're right. Oh, God. Oh, I can't get the envelope open. <laughs> we were right. Yes! yes. Lo- love it when I get it right. <laughs> doesn't happen very often i'm not right all of the time but i do i do yeah. love it when i get when i get it right <laughs> um you've had such an amazing career we spoke about what you've done already right at the beginning and you've done so many varied things and stuff and but what has been that one what the fuck is happening moment oh god i i think maybe it was the winter guest hmm. and I got that when I was 16. There was two things actually that year was I got a film for PBS called The Boyhood of John Muir and who was a conservationist from Dunbar, mm. uh, Edinburgh, who founded Yosemite National Park, the whole lot. They don't teach you these fucking things in, in school in Scotland. It's all about World War II. Uh, so I never knew who he was. And I got this gig and I got five weeks in Boston uh, at 16 and <clears throat> did this movie for PBS, which was brilliant. And the same year coming back, flying back from that, I got the phone call to say Alan Rickman's in town and wants to meet you uh, for this movie, The Winter Guest, where he's going to direct and Emma Thompson would be playing your mother and Emma Thompson's real-life mother, Phila DeLaw, would be playing your grandmother. What the fuck? Yeah. Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman and Phila DeLaw, uh, Sandra Vaux, Sean Biggestaff, uh, Arlene Douglas Murphy. I mean, an outrageous cast. And I think, yeah, that's probably one of the times in life I thought, oh my, what the fuck? Yeah. No, that, that... 
Let me said that. <laughs> that that is a that's a that's a list of names that isn't it like. I I mean it was it was bizarre and and what an experience you know we we filmed that in Scotland in the East Coast, uh, Pitt and Weem, Ely, uh, twelve weeks. I was just and uh, uh, again to be taught by Alan Rickman. You, yeah. you know I say no 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 don't don't do this. Come on, we'll think about that. Really, really in depth, that method way. And as I say, never trained. So it was like, whoa, I'm actually getting my, my teaching from Rickman. Yeah. And became a became a great friend. And and one, as we said earlier, the real one, happy to see you succeed, happy that you're you know moving up the ladder, happy that you're working. And uh and genuinely you could phone him, which I did many times, and that's why I miss him so much that. You could phone him any time, and and he 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 would give you his advice. He'd give you, uh, he'd just tell you straight. Um, it's so much love. The guy was just, he was just a, an absolute genuine person, and a lovely, lovely, lovely person. But and you know, one of those guys that you would phone and you would say, "How are you?" and you'd never get round to him answering how he is. It was always, "How are you?" Yeah. How the fuck did you do that? And you come off the phone and go, oh, fuck, he never answered me that. And, you know, and then you go, all right, I'll phone him a couple of days and he, he might answer. He, oh, he was far from selfish. Mm. It's always nice to hear, isn't it? Because I, I think I'm a bit ignorant sometimes of these major stars. Like, if if I'm being completely honest and it's something that I do need to change, I only know Alan Rickman from Harry Potter. Yeah. Such, I'm such a massive Potter fan and it was... It it was so heartbreaking, and I can only imagine what it was like for people that weren't fans of his entire work, or for people that knew him. Because, like I said, I'm very ignorant when it sort of comes to people's entire bodies of work, and I'm like, yeah, well, that that's Professor Snape, and I I don't know. It's it it does become really sad because sometimes there's thoughts of, and it it's very selfish. It's I don't even know if I should say it, but it's like we're coming to the point where lots of my favourite actors I'll probably never get the chance to act with. Oh, I know, I know, I know, because, you know, they, they go, they're going. Like Jim Brown, one of my yeah. heroes, Barbara Windsor, Alan Rickman. And I know. I, I feel like I'm I'm never going to tempt fate and say it, but I would love to work with Maggie Smith. Yeah. But I, I feel mean, like... I'd love so... to have a cup of tea yeah. with... with... I don't have to work with her, but just to sit with her because she's just just to hear her stories and she just comes across such a lovely, lovely person. Mm. And as you see as well, I've read her, her autobiography, the whole lot. She just just her stories that that you know will go. Mm. No, it's it, it's heartbreaking, and you sort of we're coming into that era now, and it's happening more and more. Especially we lost people over COVID and stuff, and. Yeah like a lot of even like musicians that we listen to uh, are passing and it's it, it, that's his life but also I'm... it is heartbreaking i know it is sad but we have a new sort of closing tradition on the show and i've only done all this right. once and i promise i want to say i thought of this all by myself and then listened to a diary of a ceo by stephen bartlett i, <laughs> I literally started listening to this podcast the other night uh, another one of my top podcast tips um, not tips, um, recommendations. I've just started listening to it. Um, White Wine Question Time by um, Kate Thornton. It's okay. fucking great. So my top podcast recommendations, obviously Drama School Dropout. Go back and listen to the back catalogue. Um, White Wine Question Time by Kate Thornton. Shagged, Married, Annoyed with Chris and Rosie Ramsey. 
is great. <laughs> and now Diary of a CEO. But I promise I did think of this myself and then realized that he did it. So I've been asking guests at the end of every episode to ask a question for the next guest. They don't know who they're asking it and they don't know who they're at. I don't know what I'm saying. So they don't know who they're asking it and you won't know who you're going to ask the question. I but see. This question is, how could you be more authentically you? Ooh. Which is a bit deep for my podcast. It's a bit Ooh. fun. My podcast is normally fun and silly, stupid questions. Yeah. So how could I be more authentically you? I think, oh God, that is a good one. Authentically me. I think having to maybe learn just to let the barriers down a little. I, I, I don't know if, if recently I've, I've just like not opening up completely. Mm. And that never used to be me. But do you think that's maybe, I, I don't want to hark on it too much. Do you think that's maybe over what's happened over the past couple of years and you've had a very, it, it's not a, it's not a breakup in such, but you've had a very public breakup with yeah. your employer. It, it could possibly, you know, that I think that there's a little piece of me that, that's gone and I hope that one day that'll come back. It's and It's really sad to hear that, isn't it? It may be that, but there is something that I don't know. Uh, and again, I don't know if that's because I lost my brother two years ago and I don't know if it's because of the, you know, the change in, in, in job and how it all ended. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that there's just a little piece of me that that's that's not there yeah i don't know maybe it's hopefully you'll find it well i uh, hope so and uh and no fucking choice you know life is <laughs> and you've got a family to look after and, uh, and the little one certainly keeps you going and keeps the smiles going and the positivity so yeah i suppose that uh i look forward to having that 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 little peace return Come to the end now. Uh, what's coming up for you next? Where can people keep up to date and where can people see you? Yeah, well, at the moment, uh, I've got a little treatment plan going off to a TV channel. Uh, so we'll be working on that for the last few months with a little team. Uh, I'm working on, is it, you know, I've got my, my gin out. I've got Hollywood, uh, Captain Zach Hollywood's rum out and I'm working on a vodka. Uh, meanwhile, Is that I'm your real second name? Yeah, it is, yeah. Because I yeah. was a bit like, how fucking lucky have you got to be to have a second name Hollywood and then get yeah. into this business? And Paul Hollywood, you know, the, you never know. There might be a relation. You know, you just you just don't know. You just don't know. But yeah, it is. And all our families from Govan, there's, there's fucking tons of Hollywoods. And they're, they're all related. My dad came in from a family of 18. My grandmother was one dirty bitch. <laughs> and, and there's all these kids. Every, every Hollywood through the Where's Hollywood. the episode title? Yeah. My and, grandma was a dirty bitch. My grandma's a dirty bitch. And uh, so, yeah, there's tons of us. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the, 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 the gin, the rum, working on the vodka, and I'm bringing all that back up to Scotland. So I'm working on all that just now and, and moving it all back up to distillery here in, in Scotland. So looking forward to that, as well as Daddy Daycare. And, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing self-tapes. This is all new to me, self-tapes. Nightmare. I, I hate them. I, you know, 
I thought it was just me. I thought I'm getting to I'm I'm getting old now because gone are the days where you can get in and meet a director or a casting director. But no, sell fucking tapes. Who anyway? So yeah, I, I've been doing a, a couple of them. And, no, they're uh, horrible. I feel like. The thing that I hate about them, I don't really give a fuck about the whole process because it's what you've got to do. But I, I prefer that when you're in a room, you can tell, oh, they don't like this. Let me switch it up. Well, yeah, but also I feel that you can get to know their character and they get to know you mm. as a person and you have a little bit of a chat about life and, and you get to know one another. There's mm. none of that. And uh, so, yeah, th- th- it's all bizarre. But again, I'm enjoying the process and... Yeah. Uh, and I do believe, and I shall wait for the right gig to come. And uh, yeah, I'd like to go back into to drama, and uh, and play some right dirty horrible bastard with ginger hair. <laughs> Where are you on social media? Where can everyone follow you and keep up to date? Yes, uh, Twitter's Mr. Gary Hollywood, Instagram's Mr. Gary Hollywood, and I've just joined this TikTok. I think I'm Mr. Gary Hollywood on that as well. So I'm still getting my my, my bearings with that. But yeah, you'll get me there. Come and say hello. Mm. Are you on Cameo or anything like that? Well, I was, and then I really hate doing that as well. And, you know, you've got beep, 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 come and say happy happy birthday, and I'm trying to change a fucking shitty nappy. And if I don't do that, then they give you a marked down stars. So, no, that get binned. Uh, <laughs> so that's me. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And to also everybody out there, I need Instagram followers as well. So at Ingram Noble, all one word appreciated and also please go and leave um a review and a rating on the podcast it really helps us out but gary thank you so much for coming on it's been so lovely and i I feel like i feel like i sort of knew you already just because obviously you've came up in conversation quite a lot over the year with marnie and uh really do and uh wish you all the best and uh yes keep smiling your dreams will come true And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 94 completed. Thank you so much to Gary for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us out so much you don't even know. Remember, if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Right, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And don't forget that you can now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below or going to www.patreon.com forward slash drama school dropout i'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode so make sure to come back you know the drill same time same place every tuesday at 6 a.m thank you so much for listening stay safe have a great week i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout Your whole course, now try something new. Trying to scoop up.